Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, March the 15th, 2022. It is currently 8.32 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. And thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's 8.30 at, or yeah, around 8.30 at night. I just gave the time. Yeah, it's about 8.33 now, 8.33 p.m. at night. You probably have a million other things you could be doing right now. So if you are tuning in to the live broadcast, thank you so very much for stopping whatever you were doing and listening. We greatly appreciate that. For those who do not hear this live and you're listening some other time, we greatly appreciate you listening, no matter where you're listening, if it's on YouTube, if it's on one of the podcasting apps, however you may be listening, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. What I thought I would do this evening, since it is Tuesday, that I would go live for a few minutes just to encourage you to continue this week's Bible study exercise, to continue your work on a part of John chapter 13, and of course, really focusing in on John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Hopefully, you're working on your homework. Hopefully, you're meditating on on it, thinking about it, discussing it, talking about it, and hopefully, it's proving to be very beneficial. But I thought I would just take a little bit of time to, to turn our attention to that section of Scripture one more time and just try to keep you motivated and keep you moving, uh, you know, in the right direction this week. But let me let me start by asking you a question. I think this is a very, very, very important question, and it's and it's really based off the text that we're looking at this week. Have you ever experienced a troubled heart? Have you ever experienced when your heart is troubled? Now we may not use that language. That may that language may be a little archaic. We may not use that, but you have. I guarantee you, you have felt times in your life where you were greatly bothered. You were greatly agitated. You were greatly troubled. You were very upset. You were emotional. You were angry. You were bitter. You were discouraged. You have found yourself at times where, let's just say, internally emotionally, mentally, you were troubled, you were bothered. And whenever that happens, it can have profound impact, not only just your life, it can have a profound impact on your job, your family, your relationships, but it can obviously have a profound impact on your spiritual life. It it can profoundly impact you spiritually and and moving forward spiritually, and it it can cause many problems. Have you experienced a troubled heart? Well, in a roundabout way, that is a major theme for our Bible study exercise this week. I know we're calling it trust, and there may be a reason why, but it's uh, and, and and you could possibly see a correlation here, but I don't want to give too much away. But I just want us to focus on this idea of a troubled heart. That's what I want you to focus on. Now, if you have been a part of the Bible study exercise up to this point, you've been doing the homework, you know that in chapter 13, I wanted you to spend some time finding all of the verses that are very relevant and kind of fills in the picture about the betrayal that Jesus was going to experience. Because in John chapter 13, 
He speaks of being betrayed. He speaks of someone who is going to betray him. In fact, if you go to John chapter 13, verse 9, or verse 10, Jesus saith to, to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Here's Jesus knowing and understanding that he's going to be betrayed. Right? Then we go on uh, down to verse uh, 18, uh, John chapter 13, verse 18. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scriptures may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Someone's going to betray him. Someone's going to lift up his heel, his foot against Jesus. He goes on to say, um, verse 21, when Jesus had thus said he was troubled in spirit, Let's not forget verse or 21, the chapter 13, verse 21. When Jesus had thus said he was troubled in spirit, I want you not to forget this verse, and testified and said, verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. It's mentioned again. And then once we get to John 13, starting in verse 22, the disciples are trying to figure out who is it? Who's going to betray him? Which one? Who is it going to be? And then Peter looks at the one, uh, looks over to the disciple whom Jesus loves, who's kind of laying against Jesus. And he, he's like, hey, hey, fi figure it out. Who, who is it? Who is it? Jesus answered, "It he it is whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Satan enters into Judas, and then this section ends with Judas going out into the night. He's going to go, and the next thing we see, or, or, or not the very next thing we see, but here soon, Judas will go to Jesus with a bunch of armed people to ultimately betray him with a kiss. There is the betrayal. There is the betrayer. And I want you to find all of the, the cross-references to really fill that in. I want you to live with that betrayal. I want you to see it. I want you to see the verses that lead up to it, where Judas first agrees to do it. I want you to see that where this happens. I want you to see the betrayal itself. I want you to see the 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 after uh, the aftermath of the betrayal. I want you to live and see that betrayal because this idea of being betrayed, the fact that he's going to be betrayed, it says Jesus was troubled in spirit. He was troubled in spirit. Just, just don't forget that, okay? Then, after I wanted you to focus on the betrayal, focus on the betrayer, then I said to focus on the denier or the denial. Because look what happens here, verse 36, John chapter 13, verse 36. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whether goest thou? Jesus answered him, whether I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered, will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. And this one scene in John chapter 13, Jesus tells of his betrayal and he tells of his denial. 
He speaks of the betrayer, and he speaks to the one who will deny, the denier. And I want you to look at all the verses about the betrayal and all the verses about the denial. I want you to live with those two very tragic events. And we already know that the concept of the betrayal has already, as, as John 13, 21 says, has troubled Jesus in spirit. He has been troubled. And then immediately, once after we read this about the betrayal, after we read this about the denial, the very next verse that starts off really the text of scripture that we are looking at this week, which is John chapter 14, verses one through six for this week's Bible study exercise, we read these words, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Jesus is troubled in spirit, and then Jesus tells them, let not your heart be troubled. So this section deals with a troubled heart. In fact, we probably could have called this week's study troubled heart, but we called it something else. And and I think there's a reason the Bible study curriculum went in a different direction. But I want you just, again, I want you to really just think about the times you have been truly troubled internally, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you've just been troubled. You can look at just some of the things going on in the world right now, and you may be troubled. You can just see some of the things happening within the church right now, and you may be troubled. You may be looking at the things going on in your own life, your own family's life, or your own spiritual life, and you may be troubled. So so let's do a little bit of work here on this idea of being troubled. Let, let's first go to John 13, 21. If you have the Blue Letter Bible app, this would be a great time to pull that out. Go to, uh, I'm going to go to uh, John chapter 13. And we're going to go down to verse uh, 21. I'm going to pull up the interlinear, where the interlinear would have it this way. Thus had said when Jesus, he was troubled. He was troubled, right? Here is the Greek word for that phrase. He was troubled. It's this. Strong's G 5015. Tarasso. 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 Just remember this Greek word. Tarasso. I'm not saying it a little differently than the way they pronounced it, but Tarasso. Right? Tarasso. That is the Greek word that speaks of Jesus, Jesus being troubled in spirit. Jesus experiences it. He experiences what it feels like to be troubled in spirit, terasso. It is used 17 times, and every time it is, and the King James is used 17 times, and every time it is translated trouble. So this is not one of those situations where, well, it doesn't always mean, it. no, every time it's translated trouble. Strong's definition to stir or agitate, trouble. So it's to stir, it's to agitate. It's when things begin to stir and agitate you internally, emotionally, mentally. It's used 17 times. I'm just going to go quickly through some of the places that it is used. Matthew chapter 2, verse 3. When Herod, the king, had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. This is something that troubles Herod and all of Jerusalem. We can look at the context there. 
I almost want to give this as a part of the, remember, Bible study exercise. I do some of the teaching. And I like to hand you the rest. I would really have you look at the context of all of these um, because I think it would be very beneficial. John, uh, Matthew 14, 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. Here is they are so troubled, stirred up, agitated inside that they literally cry out for fear. This can be an ag- a, a, a troubling of the spirit that literally makes you scream in fear. Mar- uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 50, for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, be of good cheer. It is I be not afraid. It's interesting. This trouble is also associated clearly with fear at times. Luke 1 12. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Uh, Luke 24 38. And he said unto them, why are ye troubled? Why do, why do, why do thoughts arise in your hearts? John chapter five, verse four, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Now, this is the idea of agitating, stirring the water. That, that, that's what that kind of goes with. John five, seven, still talking about the same thing of the troubling of the water. John eleven thirty three. when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Now, so troubled can can relate to fear, almost a screaming out in fear, and it can just, it seems it can also just can deal with a, a almost a, a an internal pain, a, 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 where you're just emotional. You feel a pain in your heart. You know, you you probably have felt that where you're you're very you feel uh, there's almost like an emotional pain. You can almost feel that like lump in your throat, and it almost hurts. It almost hurts internally. You probably have experienced that. Let's continue here. Um, John 12, 27. Now is my soul troubled? What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause I came unto this hour. That's John 12, 27. Look at the context there. Once again, I think this, this in fact, if we look at John 12, 27, uh, I think that says John 12, 27. John 12, 27, Jesus is speaking. Now, now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Here's Jesus being troubled, feeling this internal turmoil about what he is about to encounter and to face. Um, John 13, 21, uh, when Jesus had thus said he was troubled in the spirit, all right, this is him speaking of the betrayal. Then we have John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. It's the exact same Greek word. So Jesus is troubled in spirit in 13, 21. And then in John 14, 1, he looks at them and says, don't let your heart not be troubled. Jesus has experienced the trouble that he tells them, don't let your heart be troubled. That's just to me interesting. Jesus experienced the very trouble that he now tells the disciples not to let their hearts experience, not to let their hearts be overcome with the same kind of trouble. That I think is somewhat interesting. John 14, 27. Um, John 14, 27. 
which is the same chapter. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not that the world giveth, give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's just interesting because in the same chapter, same chapter. Um, Acts 15, 24, for as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. This is the idea of being troubled by someone's doctrinal teaching, being troubled by someone imposing rules and laws upon you that are not there. You can be troubled by those who handle the word of God. You can be troubled. Uh, John, or that's Acts 15, 24, Acts 17, 8. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. Galatians 1, 7, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. You can be agitated and troubled and bothered greatly by false teaching or a, well, a false gospel. That's really not even another gospel. It's a perverted gospel. It's, 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 uh, it's not even a true, true, true gospel. It's fraudulent. It, 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 it will do nothing but leave you in bondage and in your sin. Galatians 5.10, I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. And then 1 Peter 3.14, but, and if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye, be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Jesus experienced trouble in his spirit and in John 14, 1, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. So the experience of being troubled is a part of our human existence. It's a part of living in a fallen world where there is pain, there is sickness, there is death, and there is sinners. That's just the reality of it. But I want you to think of the betrayal and the denial and I want you to think about what specifically this, in John 14, 1, what trouble could Jesus be referring to? I'm going to argue, again, he's he's troubled in John 13, 21. That, that, there's just no question about, there's no debate there. It's the same Greek word. Then He turns around in John 14 and said, let not your heart be troubled. I'm troubled. I don't want you to be troubled. Now, that may, that may lead us to a possible solution for our trouble, but before we look for the solution, what trouble could this be referring to? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw two concepts out here. Number one, the disciples could be greatly troubled. Their hearts could be troubled. They could, they could be in fear. They could be agitated. They could be bothered. They could be discouraged. They could be depressed. All the different words that could possibly go along with the idea of being troubled in spirit because of the betrayal and of the denial. You can greatly be troubled and greatly bothered when you look around at uh, other uh, uh, at what happens in Christianity where you see betrayal, you'll see denial, you see lying, gossip, stealing, cheating. You see sin all around you in fellow Christians all around. You see the things happening within Christianity. You can let your heart become troubled. The disciples, this is to the disciples, they are going to witness those who are numbered among them 
those who are numbered among them, they're going to see one completely betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and going to do it with a kiss. And they're going to see another one who's really been kind of the spokesman for the disciples, Peter, not deny Jesus just once, not two times, but three times. People right there that's with them, that's walked with Jesus, that could cause great trouble. That could cause great fear. You could feel like everything is falling apart. It's done. It's over. Christianity, this whole Jesus thing is finished. It is done. We just need to, we need to go back to fishing, tax collecting, or whatever we need to do, because this thing is a bust. This thing is over. This thing has fallen apart. There's no reason to continue. And he's like, don't let your heart be troubled. I think the the immediate context is the trouble here is the trouble of witnessing other people who deny and betray Jesus. That can cause us great frustration. It can. It can. Now, it, it listen. It does not excuse anyone's betrayal. It does not excuse anyone's denial. It does not excuse anyone's failure. It, I'm not excusing anyone's failure. I'm not excusing any of my failures that I've, I have done in my own Christian life. But what I'm saying is you can't allow other people's betrayal, denial, and failure to trouble you in living out your Christian life. Just think, if, if, if the betrayal and denial of it, Jesus was troubled by it, but he did not allow that trouble to stop him from going to the cross. He still followed the Father's will. You can't, uh, listen, you're going to be troubled in the sense that you're going to feel the pain of it, feel the discouragement, but you can't be so troubled that it defeats you. So just think about this. Let not your heart be troubled at the denial and the failure of those around you, those within Christ, the, the, the body of Christ those who profess faith in Christ. You, you can't allow that to just, a, a, a lot of people will say things like that. I'm, I'm fed up. I'm fed up with what Christians do. I'm fed up with what the church does. So I'm just done. No, if, 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 if you feel that that justifies you just giving up, then Jesus should have given up but, and not even went to the cross. But I think there's a second thing here that often gets overlooked. Now, clearly, Judas is in a different category than Peter because, well, Satan enters into Judas right there in John chapter 13, all right? So that's a whole different situation, okay? Jesus knew from when he chose chose them, he knew he had chosen one of them was a devil. He he knows that, he knows Satan is going to enter into Judas. This Judas is in a completely different category. But Peter, Peter is a little different. Peter is going to deny. His denial is wrong. His denial is sinful. There's no, no excusing his denial. Let me make it very clear. There's no excusing his denial. But in a sense, he's a little different because Satan doesn't enter into Peter. He enters into Judas, demonstrating Judas is, I think, obviously we can clearly state, not one whom is saved, but you know, basically a son of perdition kind of concept, right? Peter is a believer. He understands who Christ is. He believes, but he's getting ready to fail miserably. Now, I want this to be very, I want, I want to make sure we get this. We need the message of not letting our heart be troubled when others fail, when others betray, when others deny. But we also, 
And everyone who has betrayed, everyone who has denied, everyone who has failed, everyone who has publicly fallen into great scandal or shame, they need to hear, let not your heart be troubled. Now that I'm not saying don't let your heart be troubled in the sense of, well, don't worry about it. Your sin is okay. No, be convicted by your sin. They need to feel that conviction. They need to be broken over their sin. They need to obviously confess and repent of said sin, but they need to hear at some point, let not your heart be troubled. This message is for those who are going to see the betrayal and the denial. And I think it's also for at least the denier. You may say it's not necessarily for Judas, but I'm seeing the message is for anyone who falls. Sometimes the church is good when someone falls to run to them, to kick them, to expose them, to condemn them, to judge them, and then gossip and slander and tell everyone about them. But we also need those. There's a time to confront. There is a time to condemn. But there's also a time that we've got to bring the healing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. All right? This is very important. The the church needs to have people trained in battlefield medicine. Those who fall, those who are broken, people have got to run to them with the healing message of the gospel. And here's the healing message of the gospel. Your heart is troubled. Jesus has already been troubled for you. You have fallen into sin. Jesus took on that sin. That sin was imputed to him and he died for that sin. In Jesus Christ, that sin is forgiven and that sin is completely gone. And in your position in Christ and and practice, you're still a sinner, but in your position, you're a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things are new. In your position, in your practice, you're still a sinner. You've experienced your sin. You know the reality of your sinful nature, but in Christ, you are forgiven. We've got to take the healing message to the people who have fallen. Let not your heart be troubled when you see everyone else messing up, but you better also know the message. Let not your heart be troubled when you mess up, when you fall, when you're broken. Sometimes I think it's interesting that sometimes those raised in Christianity, those raised in the church, those who grew up in a Christian family, when they fall into some big sin, some scandalous sin, I think they almost are raised in Christianity. And if they fall into sin, they don't feel like they can go to the church. They feel like they have to run from the church. They think they have to hide the sin. They can't confess the sin. They can't let anyone know because I can't let, I don't want there to be scandal. I don't want to be embarrassment. I don't want to be shame. The church has to do a better job of telling everyone that if you fall, yes, your sin is wrong, but run to Christ, run to the church, run to where there is forgiveness, run to where there is healing in the gospel. Let not your heart be troubled. Sometimes I think we, 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 we preach a morality and I'm not in any way denying that there's a morality attached to the word of God because the Bible says, be ye holy as he is holy. By all means, we need to preach that. But the Bible also tells us that we're all sinners. We have a sinful nature and we're going to continue to sin. It doesn't excuse it, but it's the reality of our Christian existence. So what do you do when you sin? You don't hide it. You don't cover it up, which is what always our first thought. Our first thought is not to tell. Our first thought is to hide. 
But we need to be able to come and say, I have done this. And then there needs to be, yes, there has to be accountability, but there needs to be forgiveness and restoration. Sometimes when people find out someone sins, they just want to know the dirt. They want to know what happened. They just want to know the information. And then they want to share the information. They don't call with the healing message of Christ. They call with, so what did you do? Well, why did you do that? You shouldn't have done that. Well, that was wrong. That was stupid. Now I'm going to hop online and talk about you. How about, no, what you did was wrong. Obviously, you know what you've done is wrong. You need to repent and you, and I'm going to do everything I can to help you restore you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to encourage you. And I'm going to keep reminding you day in and day out that Christ was troubled for you. So you don't need to be troubled. Christ died for your sin. So you don't need to be broken over that sin anymore. There is healing and there is forgiveness. I think the message here is for those who, who are around us and those of us who are, because in reality, all of us at heart, we are, we are Judas and we are Peter and we have denied and betrayed Jesus countless different ways. Whether it's public or private, you have and I have as well. Now, I want to do more here. What I want you to do is I want you to look at John 14. All right? And I want you to just look at the whole chapter. You can skim it. It's 31 verses. I want you to look through all 31 verses of John 14. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to just write down anything you find in John 14 that you think gives the answer to your, I've kind of already pointed you to it. It's obviously Jesus. He was troubled for you so that you don't have to let your heart be troubled. But I want you to go through John 14 and find every specific thing that would kind of point to what is the answer for a troubled heart? What is the, does John 14, after Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled, does the rest of the chapter provide the remedy, the solution, the medicine for a troubled heart? Now, the, I think the trouble refers to the, you seeing people betray and deny Jesus or you being the denier. What is the solution to the troubled heart? What is the solution to the troubled heart? When you see someone who's betrayed and denied Jesus, what is, what is the solution that you can bring to them? When you are the one who betrays, when you are the one who denies, what is the solution that you can be reminded of or needs to be brought to you? And I think we need to do a, a, a better job of making sure those who are raised in the church know that no matter what they've done, don't run from Jesus because I think some feel that I can't go to the church because all I'm going to get is condemnation. No, they need to know that's where you're going to receive forgiveness and restoration. Oh, there may be accountability, but there is forgiveness. That's, that's what Christ, that's what Christianity is all about. Jesus came to die for sinners. He came to die for us while we were yet sinners. He shed his blood. There is perfect forgiveness in him. His grace is greater than our sin. His mercy is greater that's what we have to let people understand. But I want you to look at John 14. I just want you to see if you can identify anything in John 14 that you think would be like, yeah, that, that would actually be an answer to a troubled heart. That would actually be a solution to a troubled heart. Don't force something. But if you think it's there, create your list. You can send it to me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, or you can share it in the Discord channel. Um, and uh, I would just like to see what you come up with.
We spend a lot of time talking about loyalty. Here we see disloyalty. But what we're going to see, and I pointed this out last time, no matter when we think about loyalty, the one who's truly loyal is Christ. He loves his own to the very end. See the beginning of chapter 13. He loves us to the very end. Now there's betrayal and there's denial, but Jesus is going to be there. And listen, Judas, Judas's end is horrific and horrible the way it ends. But Jesus is going to go back to Peter. He's going to love his own to the very end. He's not going to leave Peter with a troubled heart. He's not going to leave Peter in his brokenness. He's going to go to restore. What is the solution to a troubled heart? I believe it's found in the rest of chapter 14. You can tell me what you think. You can tell me what you think. All right, you can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Well, there's more I could say, but I want to stop. Uh, if you're listening to us on the Church One app or the Sermons 2.0 app, I'm noticing that the green light keeps turning red, meaning that we're probably losing connection because uh, the, it, the Wi-Fi uh, up here is very, 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 very weak. On Spreaker, it, I never see a reconnecting, so I think we're good on Spreaker. Um, if you are listening on Church One or Sermons 2.0, I will upload this almost immediately, and so it'll be available on demand. Um, and then tomorrow, we get a Wi-Fi booster, and I think once I plug that in up here, we'll never have that connection problem again. But if you were listening on if you were listening on Church One or Sermons 2.0, and it was cutting out, please let me know. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Tell me how bad it cut out, how many times it cut out. That would be great information, because that tells me every time the light turns red, that we're, we're losing signal. And if that is the case, we need to fix that immediately. And we'll do that tomorrow um, before we do a lot of live broadcasting. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to touch base with everyone on a Tuesday. I know Bible study exercise. I, I know there's so much that can happen in your life that can get you distracted. And I just want you to just put your attention back on this very important passage of scripture and really, really think about it. We'll probably be talking about this again tomorrow night. Um, if we, I think we're, the plan is to have an in-person service tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at Victory Baptist Church. And if we do, we will, uh, I think we're going to be working on this. So you're going to hear this again, a part of this again tomorrow night. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't think hearing this, hearing what we've discussed repeated, I don't think is going to hurt in any way, shape, or form. And I think pressing it all the way to a conclusion, I think will be very, very beneficial. But you can let me know what you think, newsif at yahoo.com. All right, I'll stop right there. Everyone have a great night. Thank you for listening to kind of this special impromptu message um, on a Tuesday evening. God bless.